Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Hi, how are y'all doing? Stop <laughs> shooting at me. Stop shooting at me. I just... <laughs> I Dude, he's going to get so sued by Disney because that's like goofy space or Leave something. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> also joining us is your co-host, uh, Spaz. Hello. Hunter is uh, in the middle of a move, um, so he's he's not going to be with he's us. He's been in the bit. bathroom for like a week. <laughs> not that kind of it's move. Like, uh, oh. oh God, no! He just moved. Is he still in North Carolina? I don't remember. Or did yeah. he move? So okay. yeah, he just moved like across town. Oh, but yeah, so he has like no internet. He's like tethering his phone. So but like he's he going to have the best internet. He's, he's going to have. Some- like oh my god! Gigabit fiber bullshit. Like it's AT&T, he's going to pay less than I pay. I yeah, know. He's, but he's going to pay less than what I pay for my moderately fast cable. Right, but at and the same time, have, like, does, he, does he have a data limit? Like it's AT and T also. Nope. So that he, oh no data limit on that. Oh, nope. that sucks. Um, We're going to become like international data brokers or something. <laughs> Uh, folks, we have a guest this week joining us from Madison, Wisconsin, is Kevin Brock. I love it when you guys have simple names. Uh, Kevin Brock, the lead developer at Pasta Space Interactive. So, <laughs> uh, folks, there's really no. Shouldn't it be like Cheese Space or something? <laughs> I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not actually from Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Oh. Though I do like cheese. Who, who are, you, are you Italian? Oh my god! No, I moved out here from California. Um, oh so it's quite wow! A, quite a where change. In, where in Cal? I bet. Where in California? San Diego. Oh yeah! That. Oh my god! You. Whew, okay, that is one huge change. Oh my god! I know. There's like this white <laughs> stuff that falls from the sky, and it's I know super it's the cold worst. all the time. I don't it's understand it. I yeah, it's. One of my favorite bits is uh, from Lewis Block, and he's like, the best job in the world is a weatherman in San Diego, California. Get paid a six-figure salary to go, it's nice. Back to you. (laughs) That's his whole job. Pretty much going to be 70. Yeah. Today, tomorrow, every day. The rest of your life is just going to be, oh, my God. Anyway, uh, folks, we're here to talk about a game called Underspace which uh, should be launching a Kickstarter this week, and we'll have a demo to go with it so you can all play. But for folks that have been wanting a uh, new freelancer game, uh, this is pretty much it. I mean, there have been games that have, like, tried to copy the freelancer formula with the mouse, the cursor-following flight model or the, the... But, like, freelancer, for... As pared down as it was from Chris Robertson's original vision, uh, was still such a special game to a lot of us. And it really, like, that formula really hasn't been copied or topped since, kind of until now. Uh, and I say that with, with, with love and respect to Freelancer. Underspace is, okay, we're going to say it, heavily influenced, <laughs> quote unquote. I just did the big. They're very heavy quote. They're like they're like a font size twice giant bold giant comic sans quotes, Um, like twice as big as the font they're surrounding. Uh, Heavily influenced 
by Freelancer. And having played the demo that you all will get to play once the Kickstarter goes live, I can tell you all there is there is like a serious level of love here for Freelancer. Like there's so much Freelancer in this DNA, but it's like Freelancer for 2019. Like like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is going to be privateer for 2019. This is Freelancer for 2019. Oh wait, are you planning on releasing in 2019? Once the uh, are you re- like the goal is, that- is to release in 2019. Uh, okay, we're pretty fast, and there's a lot done. There's still a lot to be done, but mm, 2019 is the goal. Okay, so basically the Freelancer for this modern era, and like it's got so much. Uh, in freelancer and its DNA, which is great. And already, it's got uh, the vo- the vocal traffic, which is something we all want in every open space game. Is like the traffic, like the the voices of other ships doing their thing. You know, that's in there. Um, the trade lanes are in there. The uh, trading is in there. Uh, lane the combat- lines. We're calling them lane lines. They're lane legally lines. distinct from trade lanes. Okay, lane lines. The um, the high engine thing, like not the afterburner, but like the kind of close in warp drive thing is there. Um, so the, the, the odd scale that like, wow, that planet shouldn't be that small. That's in there, you know, <laughs> but that's, yeah. And that's, I, I will say you got the flight model like dead oh, on. It's it, wonderful. It's, We've been hoping for someone who would make a, a freelancer clone, that got the flight model right. Cause that was one of the best things about that game is it was like the first of its kind where you didn't need a joystick at all. It was completely mouse driven and it worked so effortlessly, you know? And so I can only imagine how much work has gone into like not copying it, but like trying to mimic it, I guess, because no one else has really nailed it until you guys, I have to, I have to admit. I can't take full credit on the flight system, at least. Uh, are you familiar with a uh, modder or developer named Y485? I think a few people were asking me about him uh, in this chat room prior to coming on the podcast. Uh, I might not. I'm not sure. I, I have such. I have a hard time following game development, um, let alone modders. That uh, I yeah. So he was he was a massive help on getting the flight system to work. His his whole thing, he like me, we both love Freelancer, but his whole thing is he likes doing flight simulation coding and stuff. So he actually helped out getting this thing to feel right. It's not completely Freelancer's system. There's a few different idiosyncrasies. And we've also, we've also changed it to a few things we like. Like, for one thing, uh, the reverse thrust and the strafe are both completely different from Freelancer's and how they operate. They're much faster because there's a lot more boss fighting and strange sort of... Uh, oh, okay. uh, moves you have to pull off. And so we wanted things to be more laterally uh, speedy and much more uh, maneuverable. And of course, there's also rolling, which Freelancer actually didn't have for some reason. Yeah. The only time it rolled is when you turned off the free flight and then it would like roll back to the plane um, of the universe or whatever. But like you couldn't roll yourself. Exactly. So So our, our goal with the game as a whole is, we definitely want it to be inspired by freelance. We want people who have played a lot of these classic games to be able to just jump in and be familiar with it. But we're more also inspiring to do our own thing, which is for one thing, the world is a lot different from what you'd see in a common space game on freelancer. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of odd mechanics and stuff. It's embracing 
what we felt worked in Freelancer while trying to improve upon everything else. Can you Which, do that with Elite Dangerous next? That would be great. Oh, oh. Thanks. I, 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 this, is, this is a safe space. Can we not talk about Elite Dangerous here? We can totally talk about Elite Dangerous here. We do all the okay. time because we love to hate it and hate to love it. So please feel yeah. free. Yeah, it, would, it, would be, it would be interesting, though, to take um, the gameplay loop of, a, of like 1984 Elite and give it the flight model of of freelancer right and well, there was had, a, there was an elite mod that did that like a well a freelancer mod that stuck all the elite ships in changed the stations to the Cerola uh, station. I, think I, I think i talked with the guy who uh, developed that a while back yeah, yeah I, I have to admit when it comes to space games and games as a whole i despise procedural generation and stuff that's one of the goals with Thunder Space is I want it outside of like the asteroid fields because it's like it, it's a little unviable to put every single rock individually hand placed. I wanted a game that was handcrafted. Everywhere you go, you, if you find a thing, there is context behind that thing. That's what mm. I like in games, especially open world games that have an exploration focus. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No. Did, did you ever mess with um, with Evercron Legends Legacy? Which it, uh, Evacron Legacy. Yeah. I heard of it. I know about it. I don't think I really mess with it that much. Did uh, it have a big time modding thing? I thought it was procedurally generated. Um, uh, it's it's a lot of procedural stuff, but then there is a lot of hand placed things. And what what's interesting about it is a lot of the hand placed things are off the edge of the map. Like you know, if you're in a sector and you just like keep cruising around and exploring places that you can't just warp to, um, then you run into uh, like, like there's a, a whole section of, of different star sectors that are out there that you can jump to that are not on the map. Cause you got to find them, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a big whole uh, goal here is that when you go off the beaten path, there's weird stuff. You probably found some of it already just playing through the game. Uh, I've mostly been just doing a couple of missions here and there though. Uh, um, I did. Re- I I do like that. There's more of a vari- mission variety. Like, uh, like it's not just kill everything, which is pretty much freelancer. There's go scan this, go uh, help, go take this, go take this box to these people. You know, I mean, I love good mission variety in a game. And as great as freelancer was, mission variety was not one of its strong suits. Especially yeah, mission variety, I wouldn't say it was a priority, but it was definitely something uh, we tried to focus on. But I have to say, missions, the randomly generated missions, are not meant to be the main focus of the game. It's how you make money, it's how you'll build reputation, but it's more like an intermediate thing you're doing between pursuing quests, chasing monsters, and that sort of thing. So well, is it going to be a narrative thing, or is it sort of a sandbox that has quests? Uh, strong, uh, strong narrative focus. So there's a single-player campaign, a multiplayer campaign for the multiplayer mode. Think of it sort of like uh, Grand Theft Auto 5's uh, multiplayer versus single-player modes. Whoa. And then there's all sorts of side quests and stuff. And those side quests, we try to make those a little bit more mechanically different or mechanically involved. Like you played a few already, maybe. So it'll be things like you're not just going out and killing things. You may be, you know, translating objects. You're maybe trying to rescue this person who got trapped in an ancient alien dimension, and you have to go through a gate and avoid these big ships. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So what, and sorry, go ahead. What, what's the scale on multiplayer and te- the intention? 
Because freelancer was like a hundred. Uh, freelancer default was like sixty four. People would unlock that to go up to one hundred twenty eight. Uh, okay. For our multiplayer, like the max number of people you can have, we balance the individual things like bosses and raids and space dungeons around four people. But in terms of how many people can play, it's until the server explodes. So we we don't cap that. Honestly, we recommend, you know, maybe keep it around maybe 32 to 64. But if you want to go higher and destroy yourself, you have that option. You have that right. (laughs) So is it like uh, four of us get together and I I would assume you have some sort of a party system, right? Yes. So there's a grouping system. And so in there's some differences between single player and multiplayer. You have a party and single player and a party and multiplayer. In single player, the party is more you can temporarily warp in people you've befriended and they'll grant bonuses and fight for you before warping out after a certain amount of time. In multiplayer, when you group up, you have something called a friend drive. And it's this artifact that nobody particularly understands how it works, but it basically allows you to create wormholes and warp to people you trust. So what that means, that's the lore explanation. But in game... If you've grouped up with someone, you can fast travel to them quickly to team up for, you know, boss fights and other fun stuff. And so that thing, the balance that it's got a pretty long recharge rate, but we didn't want people to like, if you're like halfway across the universe, that can be a pretty long travel time uh, situation. But if you're grouped up, you can just, like I said, you can all instantly work together. And it's actually, we've done multiplayer test sessions. You know, some guy will have uh, got his ass kicked by like a giant evil cube with eyeballs or something and he ends up halfway across the galaxy and he just warps back to us. Oh, that's cool. So you, you should slip a dank meme in there and whenever you go to fire the, the friend drive, have it say friendship drive charging for, because uh, <laughs> oh, the, the whole friendship drive meme from elite. Yeah, I know. I said the word again. Sorry. But it's it's okay. You it's can't okay. put friend drive in and and not take that. Dip. Yeah, no, I, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I I try to avoid stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's okay. That's but fair. spiritually, it'll be there in my imagination when I play the game. So that's enough. And hey, the game's moddable, so it'll be there. Yeah, that's yeah. So what definitely that are. So which engine is is this running on that it's uh, going to be moddable almost from the get-go? Uh, not from the get-go. I said it is definitely – I am 100% behind modding because I right. got to start as a modder and I want to do official modding tools and just as uh, much support sorry. as possible. But to have that support, there is does have to be a priority, which is trying to get the game out first. So it is a Unity-based game. It's one of the reasons why we're actually has actually been development that long. We can definitely mass prototype and mass produce things at a really quick scale. But when it comes to modding, that's that's a whole system we have to consider, and that's going to take a little bit. So yeah, because that's I sometimes that's what say I was... modding not necessarily on launch, but maybe some modding, like basic stuff like adding new weapons and such. Yeah, because I was wondering with it being Unity and and how hostile Unity is to modding. Um, I didn't know if you had to build the game from the ground up to be modular like that or try to like shoehorn it in. There's a lot of modular systems. It's not completely data driven. So there's, like I said, there's some intermediate systems we have to do that will help players build and construct their own uh, systems and ships and such. Oh, that's cool. Hey, speaking of building ships and systems and stuff. So 
in multiplayer, um, will there be like base building stuff like that? All right. So when we went into making underspace, the thing we were looking at is and like the the pledge that was taken that we signed in blood, you know, we sacrificed like a small space cow right before we did any of this was no feature creep. There's, there's too many times that we've seen that really, really mm. mess up a lot yeah. of other games. I won't name names, but we, we know the names. We, we know, we, we know what you're talking. We know exactly. Yeah. Please so people me. have asked for things like uh, EVA or uh, space oh, machine. And it's like, I am so behind this stuff, but if it, does happen and is always after release. We actually did some intermediate uh, beginner stuff for actually building bases in multiplayer and single player because everyone wants to have like their own space station. Not on release. This game, the true goal of this game is to be like an open world exploration, go out into a storm and get eaten by a giant ghost starship game. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering like, because that's, you know, the question anytime he's, he's, say, okay, multiplayer sandbox world, people are like, can I build a base? Cause that's oh, like, yeah, trust you know, me, I, I'd, I'd like to build a base can too, I, but can I walk around my GDP, ship? Your ship's I, not that big to begin with. I'm I not know. sure where you're going to walk around on. I know, I'm, but I like, I like I'm, how you can walk around the base a little bit. I like that. I'm kind of intrigued yep. about space fishing. Like how, how would that work? Would that be like the asteroid um, mining? Where uh, uh, you've actually encountered some space, uh, some space fishing trawlers out in the galaxy already. There, I think if you're the starting system, if you head to the Braven Star Spire, there's some ships fishing out there. So fishing is a little bit of a misnomer. There are space fish, but you don't actually fish for them. So the goal of a trawler is it basically has like a little like a sort of a singularity that can suck in debris or uh, huh. space spores or other nasty shit. So the goal with space fishing, if we ever did it, like I said, we did some preliminary stuff, is that freighters and stuff, uh, some, uh, some of the larger, more utility ships, can basically launch out like a line, and it's like a little fishing minigame because hmm. it is a universal truth of the world that any game with a fishing game is automatically better. Absolutely. It's sort of like would, a game where you can pet the dog. I would, in uh, fact, have them, have them launch like a bobber-shaped torpedo. That goes out. Oh, so far. That, that was that was the goal. If you come, if you go over to the uh, the fishing ships, they're actually rocking back and forth on the space waves, and they've got the the lines out. It's it's fun. Uh, um, there's there there's is, a lot there's a lot of fun stuff like that. If you've never if you've never played a game, it's an ARPG called Zigfrack. It's really great, but they have. Um, uh, I've I've heard, I've a lot of people when talking about the game have talked about Zigfrack. Yeah, yeah so I'm they uh, they call it a fishing hole. Um, <laughs> Because it's it's like it, not fishing but fishing, uh, so it's kind of like a black hole you go fishing in <laughs> to. Uh, it's all, to, it's almost to get loot out of. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fish. in line with what I know about the game. Yeah, it's that game is bat crap, insane but great. It's a great and game. It's so good. It's so good. But I think that's the only. Are there other space games with fishing in it? Come to think, like I know it's a weird tangent, but like. A lot of a lot of space games. I feel like when we, this is you know, it's kind of a space game, but in our game, Under Space and Zigfrack also, there's kind of more of a science fantasy aspect to it. It's like you talk to someone normally, like when we've done things, people go like, "There's no fish in space," and it's like, "There's fish in this space." How do you know that though? <laughs> it's not like we've been there. <laughs> Starfish is a thing. It's real. You don't know that's from space. That's not. Could be from space. No, it no. totally could be. Why not? 
There's so much we yeah, don't, you don't know. You don't think something that weird just happened on Earth, right? They clearly <laughs> fell from. <laughs> what if they found out that actually starfish are smarter than humans, and and that's why I would they're be just very surprised, considering we seem to collect them and put them in our bathrooms. Nothing, nothing smart could actually do that. Maybe that makes them happy. We don't know. They could be very different from us. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're the only thing that can explain to us how the three seashells work. Oh. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. Actually, I don't think Nicole's ever seen it. I think I need to get her to watch it. <laughs> Come to think of it. Make sure you have some Taco Bell. Uh, she doesn't like... Oh, she, yes. actually, she actually makes fun of me whenever I go to Taco Bell. Um, she's not a fan, which I don't understand because Taco Bell's amazing. But eh, she's a snob, whatever. Uh, in the future, <laughs> her choice will be limited. Yes, it'll be fun. <laughs> this is true. Movie's <laughs> <laughs> ah, so great. Anyway, so yeah, one neat, one neat. I haven't seen it in the game yet, uh, but one neat thing about your game is there are going to be like space lifeforms out there. There's going to be like barnacles. That you can shoot off of things, I saw. And um, oh yeah, there, there's quite a lot of different space life forms. We just call them cosmofauna. Uh, oh. They di- there's different types of them. The barnacles, they're more in an interactive version. Uh, there's ones that are just kind of the ambient ones, like the jellyfish and the fish. They don't really do anything. They're there to make the game look nice. But then there's other stuff like uh, there's like a kind of monster that you can like shoot down, and it has a specific stomach acid that people use in industrial processing that you can collect and sell. There are, obviously, there's the bigger, more kind of uh, aggressive fauna, which are things like the big snakes and stuff, and those are straight-up bosses. And those are the ones that actually come from under space itself, the other dimension where bad things happen. And then oh. there's, just, there's a smattering of other, under, uh, other stuff as well. One of our favorites is it's, it's partially a boss. It's actually a kind of creature that inhabits uh, space mines and such. It's like a weird hermit crab thing with the intelligence of, a, of a, like a cat or a dog. And so there's a big matriarch one that you can fight as a boss and it'll just be constantly spawning little little mine people to come after you but if you beat it there's a rare chance it'll actually drop like a mine egg that'll hatch and you get your own pet mini mine that will follow you around oh my god i was oh just god, about to ask pet. if you could have pets yes. oh my god oh yeah, my you, you god can, and you can pet that and it's not just it's not just a pet it's actually there's a mine launcher slot you have normally it's just it launches mines but this one if you actually equip your mini mine pet it's a little like a uh, little like uh, slot for it, and it'll peek out and look around. And if it sees any hostile things, it'll run after them, run into them, blow up, and then spontaneously respawn in your uh, your. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> no, it's adorable. I wish that I wish you could shoot it like a torpedo, and it went. <laughs> when it went out the... That is. That it's is implied. Easy. It's implied. There's like a cousin to it that inhabits missiles, but you uh, actually, <laughs> if you fight. If you fight, if you go to that one system, Zulay's, I, I see you trying to go to the jump gate in the demo. If you go there, there's actually a, a missile factory, a fireworks factory that has some uh, stuff on that. Ooh, you, you just, that might be the most delightful thing I've heard this year. Is that, and, and, you, just, can, and you can pet the mine. You can pet it? Wait, what? Yeah, you can pet it. Oh, if you're on a station, the techn- you can't actually fight the thing yet, so you can't actually get the equipment piece in the demo. But this, it'll follow you around on station stuff. It's adorable. It it's like, looks like a mine with little cute eyes. And you can pet it, and it'll, it'll chirp and be happy. The, you know, the dumber oh this gets, the better this gets. Oh That's what I'm saying. Oh, this game has incredibly stupid things in it. <laughs> you you could have called it, like, stupid space. And just, I'd have been down. Because, yeah, everything I'm hearing is great. I'm up. Can you have, it's, like, a piece oh of equipment? 
can you have a piece of equipment that's actually a kitchen sink and then <laughs> it's like you have everything on your ship and the kitchen sink you can't have a kitchen sink because this, this game is very alien so one of the things we have to say outright is there's no humans in this game everything you're going to encounter is going to be a weird alien. oh it's not our galaxy not our galaxy and not even our universe it operates on like i said it's, it's science fantasy normal operates on a completely different level of logic so i don't necessarily know there are sinks like the one characters that are closest to humans are considered closest to humans because they invented sunglasses and swords so uh, all my hopes for there being a space toilet in this game are flushed at this point. Unfortunately, you cannot live out your star citizen dream of sneaking on board someone's ship, <laughs> using their toilet, and sneaking back off. You cannot, you cannot be the secret space shitter that everyone wants to be. The phantom star shitter. It, no, make it make it like that that mini game in Saints Row Two. What was it? The uh, what was it where you got the the the, the feast the, the the sewage truck? Sewage Avenger, yeah. was it what it called? Uh, <laughs> you were supposed to spray shit everywhere. There is there are toxic waste ships and stuff. <laughs> There's tankers that will carry stuff and uh, sometimes I think they carry toxic waste. Oh, you're making me so happy. So okay, so apparently the game is not just named underspace. Underspace is a thing, it's a place. Correct. So the central, I guess you can say setting gimmick is that whatever allows for faster than light travel also causes these cosmic hyperspatial storms to blow into the galaxy. And anything they hit, they spawn out anomalies, they take on lane lines, they make people weirdly more aggressive towards each other. And the reason that happens is because there's sort of a sub-level of reality called underspace. It operates on a more conceptual uh, level of rules. It's, it's very strange. It's not necessarily malicious, but it's so fundamentally weird that when it interacts with our reality and spews forth all these crazy things that inevitably, you know, entire civilizations get destroyed by it. So you are, your character's uh, job essentially is something called a star chaser, which is literally, they are a storm chaser and sort of a contract freelance monster hunter whose job is it to go inside these storms and clear them out to make it safe for a settlement and passage. You're like Bill Paxton in space. Exactly. So there is, there is sort of a, we had in the teaser trailer talking about how there is a thousand dead empires. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. There's you'll meet things called the ancients. And it's like, that's not actually their name. It's just, there's so many goddamn extinct races that they've just run out of a, uh, they can't specify each single one and try and explain it. It's just, this is an ancient race. They died because they were too stupid to fight the storms. And there's a lot of backstory. There's individual ones that you start to recognize. They have their own architecture and their own definition, but they generally just get, lumped together under ancients. And that's also a secret background technology thing is we just have one faction that controls all of them for laziness purposes. So, oh, that, wow. So this is a, so you're chasing storms through hyperspace, like through gates or whatnot, or in real space? Like, how does that work? If you look at your star map when you play it, you can actually see there's different, uh, like, they kind of look like space hurricanes. And so they're blowing across galaxies. And any star system they hit there's basically sort of a, an anchor in reality where they, uh, they kind of manifest. It's a rift. It's a big rift. And if you destroy that rift, the storm basically stops. It depowers the storm. So your job is to basically, you're trying to track these storms, get to a system where they're actually uh, active, and then try and track down that rift and destroy it. And usually, like I said, that rift is not usually easy to get to. There's, there's monsters around it. 
there'll be strange hazards, like maybe like some like some ghostly starships that are having a mid-space battle and trying to shoot each other, and that's just causing crossfire that you got to dodge. Like I said, there's the space snakes. There's all sorts of things that go wrong. So what's the reward for taking out one of these uh, storms? Like, why do it? Well, there's bas- there's two types of storms based on the direction they blow. Some spawn forth hazards, which can do very strange things. Like there's one that actually eats your money. A uh, particularly capitalist race considers that the most horrible hazard of all time. But if you actually destroy the rift, it gives you rare materials. And these rare materials, some can be used as currency to purchase the highest tier of weapons. Uh, some can be used to craft or repair specific uh, equipment, and then sometimes you might encounter a boss and such, and those bosses might drop unique loot, like the uh, aforementioned uh, mini-mine. Oh, okay. So there are there are reasons to go chasing after these things, not just... Like, do you, do you also, like... Yep. Are there any, like, kind of, like, reputation or RPG elements? Like, do you get a reputation there is a chaper, chaser, for example? There's a full reputation system, uh... There's around 40 factions in game, and most of them can be befriended just by doing jobs for them or tasks for them. Different factions have different levels of reactions or different things they like you to do to gain more reputation with them. If you have more reputation besides being friendly to you on the dock on their bases, they will offer you better equipment that you can buy. So there's actually three components when you're buying equipment. You need just straight-up money. You might need special currency in the form of the stuff you destroy from storms. And you also need reputation. Okay. So killing storms builds up your reputation as a storm chaser with certain factions, but at the same time, it's mostly about getting those materials, and it's also about getting rid of hazards and stuff. These storms, like I said, they can be annoying if you don't take care of them. They can, like I said, they knock out lane lines and make people randomly more aggressive. Think of it sort of like, uh, have you ever played Terraria? Yeah. Yep. Think of it like a Terraria blood moon. It's an event that you kind of, uh, but you can actually stop it from happening. It's an event that changes certain aspects of the world and you want to kind of eliminate that. Okay. Jumpgate had a similar thing where um, the, the aliens in the game could infect a jump gate and prevent you from going to a system. Like it would cut it off entirely. That's actually another aspect of if a storm hits a system because it controls kind of how hyperspace works. When you encounter like less stable forms of wormholes, such as jump holes or naturally occurring anomalies, those will become unstable and you can try and take them and might spit you out in a more random system or they might fail entirely. And you don't want that to happen when they fail. Uh, now those, that's a pretty nightmarish when that happens. What in happens? In a fun sort of way. What, what happens uh, when they fail? I'll spoil it. Cause I've kind of, you'll actually end up in underspace proper and it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Imagine like the, some of the biggest, strongest bosses are found there and they will pursue you and try and annihilate you unless you can get out in time. So it's oh. almost a fun little uh, mini game end up in a, a failed jump. But there's actually oh. consistent ways to cause failed jumps. Some say that uh, black holes are actually direct portals into underspace, and some say there's old lost jump gates that have been disconnected from the system as a whole and can take you there. And so that's actually where you get some uh, more of the higher level bosses. Oh, that's... So there, there's... It sounds like there's literally a ton going on in this game beset beyond... Like you said, there's going to be it's going to be very narrative focused, and there's going to be quests. But it sounds like if you want, you could probably ignore that for a while if you'd like, and just chase storms and do side missions, right? Exactly. One of the oh. one of the things we wanted every single system to have something going on it, being a boss fight, a quest, 
or some sort of gimmick. There's, there's a lot of fun systems that have something unique going on in them. And then every system has something what we call vignettes, which are, they're not quite quests, but they're not exactly just randomly generated missions. They're usually something more, a little bit more involved and a little bit more unique. Like uh, one of the examples I like to give is you can find where there's a, a space ghost train that passes through a system and goes along a specific route. You could follow that space ghost train and actually lead you to its wreck that you could loot for some cargo. A space ghost train? Like is it's not like Space Ghost, the beloved talk show host, but it's a ghost space train. train that's a it's, ghost. Yeah, okay. there are, you haven't Fine. encountered them, but there are space trains in game. Oh wow. Oh. Are there square pigs? <laughs> Inquiring minds need to know. I'm not particularly sure. Is there a man bear pig? Yeah. Um Yeah, look, like Square pig, I, feature creep be damned. You got to get me some square pigs in there. Oh, God. It's just a commodity. Oh, have, so, have you seen uh, the uh, heavy metal queen thing from Cowboy Bebop? No. Oh, uh, really, Brian? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, so I've only gotten a get, few you, episodes into Cowboy Bebop. I got to where they got no. to the dog. That's as far as uh, I've okay. gotten. If you, if you go on YouTube and just search for heavy metal queen, YouTube will know what you're looking for. And uh, it, it's the best, like, 30 seconds of space trucking that's ever been. Okay. I'll have to look for that. Uh, so one thing that I, I like about your game that I've been able to try myself yet, but uh, you can own multiple ships? Cause Correct. That, that is a, that so you was, can sorry, go ahead. buy new ships, and then when you start off the game, you only have a select number of ships you can own, but as you level up and do certain quests, you'll gain more and more available ship slots. And so there are things in space, there are space garages that you can fly into and swap out to any ship at any time. But garages aren't found everywhere. Right. But that was that was probably one of my biggest um, annoyances with Freelancer. Like, you'd find this great ship, and you really liked it for a while, and then like, oh, I want to try this one, but I like the one I have. God damn it. Uh... <laughs> So, like, when you buy a new ship, does the one you're currently in just automatically go to your garage? No. So there's actually two options when you buy a ship. You can either trade in your current ship, which will switch out to your new ship entirely, or you can just buy a ship and it will be added to your garage, and you have to go find a garage and swap out. But usually places that have shipyards usually have those fourth-dimensional garages that let you swap into new ships. It's an expected Uh service. (laughs) I just love how you're selling this thing. Like, it is an expected service, sir. You should expect to get that. You just pull the garage ship out of hammer space, and you've got it anywhere you are. It's that's how it It is. Literally, how it works. There is there's under space, but we also have in the games where there's like a sort of a fourth dimensional space that certain things can inhabit. There's actually those little table guys that you encounter, like the first uh, mission giver guy that wants you to pick up your package. He is a member of a race called the Macrovari. And they are extraordinarily intelligent microbes. They're a single-celled organism that is inexplicably super intelligent, but they also all hate the hell out of each other. And it's implied that they actually exist in some sort of fourth-dimensional space, and even being near each other, like, rubs up against each other in this fourth-dimensional space, and it's so painful it sends them into a homicidal rage. So they're all hyper-individualistic, hyper-intelligent Microbes, and the only reason they don't rule the world is they literally cannot work together without going into a sort of a blood frenzy. 
Oh boy. <laughs> That's huh? this is usually the level of weird creature you get in underspace. Nothing nothing is an nothing is a human and everything is, tends to be pretty weird. Well, it's kind of nice cuz like just about every space game has a human in it somewhere, so it's nice to just say, "Hey, you know what? Screw y'all. <laughs> we're, we're we're just going way out there and doing something completely different." Now, how many ships are in the game? Are going to be in the game? Ooh, so we divide ships in terms of like unique flyable models. There's around yeah, 16, 13. I'm not completely sure. So we divide ships into ship class, ship tier, and ship line. So ship class are heavy fighters, medium fighters, light fighters, bombers, and freighters. And that's usually like what role the ship has. Like a bomber, it gets more heavy weapons, but it loses out on normal weaponry medium, heavy, and light fighters, those are pretty straightforward. You know that they're faster, but have less firepower. Freighters, also pretty straightforward. So then tier is, there's basically three levels of ship, and each one is a little bit more powerful, so there's could be like a tier three light fighter is much stronger than a tier two light fighter. And then finally, there's ship lines, which are the manufacturers that determine appearance. And those, those will often have inherent bonuses. Like, uh, you might get a ship from a junking company, and that's better at salvaging things. You might get a ship from a race of uh, warlike people, and that's a lot better at fighting things. So there's different ships with different roles on multiple levels. Okay. And and so, like, what would you need a bomber for? Like, taking out a boss? Like, Bombers are boss fighters, pure and simple. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun for fighting bosses, but uh, not too much good at anything else. So a lot of the, the people that make bombers are usually people who are more often star chasing. Oh, okay. And, and so what's the so biggest ship you can get? Probably a freighter. This is, okay. this is a, because this is a space fighter game. A lot of the focus is on flying space fighters. It's not that I'm against capital ships. It's just that I feel like the flight system works best with space fighters. It's like, if I wanted yeah. to do a capital ship flying, I want it to be a completely different flight system, mm. which again, no feature creep. Like, the yeah, so like did, a, a light hauler kind of thing. Yeah. Rather like, did, than, Yep, it's a, it's, a, it's a light hauler. Uh, I think there is, if you play the game, if you play the demo, you'll encounter the Oos, which are one of the freighters in game. You can kind of see what its size is like compared to your ship. And it's a little bit, it's maybe about twice as big. So it's like an aluminum falcon. <laughs> yeah, did you ever like try and play a modded in capital ship in Freelancer? Those things are just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they were horrible. It's like, if we wanted to do something like that, I, this is not a promise, but it would be something more like multiple people controlling different stations and stuff. Something where you could, that was a, be a case where you could actually walk around on your ship. Oh God, just, just meld this game with Pulsar and be done with it. Just, just, you guys all get together. And just... uh, yeah, I was, I'm quite a fan of Pulsar, but it's like, no, no feature creep. I think they're, I don't know if you could call what they're doing feature creep because they're taking their slow time, but they're like. I don't know. They're like, I don't know the fact adding, every, adding, every adding, adding, uh, multiplayer. Much. Sorry, go ahead. I meant more the fact that having us add multiplayer. Oh, uh, right. Walking right, around right. on a capital ship and managing it. That was your future. I see. Okay. Sorry. I misunderstood. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know if you've played Pulsar, but it's fantastic. Um, yep. Played it a bunch. Yeah. We are, we are massive fans. Uh, the more we talk about this game, the more I'm a fan I'm becoming of it. I mean, pets, like, 
I, I'm, I'm, do, I'm, a, I'm in a phase now where any game that lets you have a pet, I want it. Like, one of my goals in Far Cry Primal is to tame every pet, <laughs> just so I can pet it. You know, and I understand. <laughs> and and the fact that you guys have pets just just makes me eighteen. Well, they are pretty more. rare. It's pretty it's pretty hard to get a pet. I'm like gonna, you'll encounter some other star chasers, and like a very select few actually have a, a loyal, sapient, explosive mind following them around. I want to be one of them. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be one of the ones that has a loyal uh, mind that blows itself up and then rematerializes in my bay, and exactly. I can pet. Oh my god! Yeah. Just, so the star chasers, because this is a more narrative focused stuff. There's obviously a lot of different characters. So right. usually the guys you are uh, interacting with are your fellow star chasers, and then star chasers also belong to specific chapters, uh, basically sub factions and the big commission that manages them all. And they usually have different specialties. Like there's one that specifically goes after and hunts down ghost ships. There's one that are sort of a first responders kind of thing. There's one that are kind of more uh, uh, anthropologists and they study different uh, space creatures that come out of under space, that sort of thing. Are you going to be able to join one of those like subgroups? You'll be able to join some of them. We're hoping to implement some uh, player made ones. They usually have like more uh, notable ones have like quest lines associated with them. Like those ghost hunter guys have one. Uh, and if you encounter these, sometimes they have their own home bases and those home bases might have something special going on at those data centers that you can dock on. So right now in the demo, data centers are for selling data, but they're also used for managing star chaser aspects like, uh, tracking storms, or you can even say, I want to, uh, is there any storm going on right now that fits this specific criteria and it will spawn a storm for you? It's saying that, that no, it just happens to be a storm, but it'll actually spawn that storm. So different stations there have different, uh, Storms they're able to spawn. That is. Whew. So you'd mentioned freighters. Um, what goes on economically in here? Are you like kind of faking a back end economy or? We sort of fake a like back end economy. So obviously, kind of the base is that different stations sell commodities for different prices, different commodities take up different levels of space and some are perishable. Like, you know, space meat is perishable or something. Uh, and when it comes to the economy, there's two extra aspects. First off prices slightly are randomized. We take like the base price that the station sells it for and apply like a modulated or maybe like plus or minus 10%. Mm. And then there is a supply and demand time. So the more you buy from a station, the higher the costs go, the more you sell to a station, the lower the costs go. It's not right now fully implemented because we're still working mm-hmm. out the uh, the balancing of that, trying to make it feel a bit better. But generally, when you buy something from a station, that cargo piece has like a creation time. And so basically that, what that means is the more you buy, how long does it take for the prices to go back down to the normal level? Okay. So the main it- idea there is that if you discover a good trade lane, you can't just run it back and forth all the time to make money. You gotta, you gotta diversify a little bit. No, that's cool. Um, now as, as far as actually identifying trade lanes and stuff, like a, a lot of games, it's like, you, you better have a notepad next to you because you have to write down what the prices were. Cause it, the ship computer doesn't remember the place that you just, yeah. Bought. So we're working on redoing the whole inventory UI. Uh, we want to move away from it looking like freelancer for various reasons. And when you click on a commodity that sells for a certain price, you'll be able to check the prices of the best sell price and the best buying price 
the base price for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a, a big uh, focus with this game is doing a lot of things that are convenient. We don't want we don't want people suffering through something that I take for granted that they have to do in another space game. Mm-hmm. Like I like it. That's why we have the thing like the friend drive. That's why we have a lot of different convenient aspects like manual docking and otherwise. It definitely lowers the barrier to entry. Yeah, our, our focus was like we wanted players not to be struggling over the controls or having to memorize all these keypads. It's about you get into space and any difficulty has to result from the actual content. Because right. there can be if you if you haven't fought the snake yet, that's that's hard even for me. That thing that thing can be dangerous. You get whacked by its tail and it sends you flying. It is in the demo. Is it in the demo? Like, can we go find it? Space Snake. So the demo has a Space Snake. It has a few other bosses as well, and it's got several quests oh, too. It's good. Got a okay. fair variety of content you can experience. Oh, all right. Sorry, I was just about to ask a question, and I totally lost it. <laughs> God damn cold. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, how many like different types of weapons are we going to have available to us? Well, we have several types of weapons in terms of like categories. We've obviously got your standard guns, then we've got missiles, mines, and and then a few others. So, guns are usually pretty straightforward. They're all energy weapons, but they have you know different rates of fire, different damage. And obviously different uh, energy types. And that's sort of like a modifier, like different shields protect better from, say, photonic weapons than they do, like, gluonic weapons. They're all, near, uh, namely, weird. Weirdly named, because, you know, this is a weird game. But then on top of that, we have something that's called your heavy equipment bar. So if you actually look at the game video, there's sort of an orange circle kind of to the left-hand side of your main health bar. Yeah. And so what that is, is that's actually a kind of... Oh, if I had to compare it to any other game, like uh, an ultimate attack in an MMO or maybe, I don't know, does an Overwatch have like ultimate oh. attacks or something? But that's actually something you equip. So that can be a fairly standard, like a big rail gun or something that fires like a slow-moving like sun spawner or something. But then they can get to some very unique kinds of equipment. There can be one, one of my favorites called the Negation Sphere that throws up a big shield, like a big ball in front of you, and no projectiles can pass through that, but you can shoot out of it. It's a defensive weapon. There's stuff that will like make you temporarily invincible or double your damage. There's things that will like open a giant portal to another dimension and spawn forth a huge interdimensional battleship to fight for you for a few seconds. They've all got he- so these heavy attacks are always very uh much more involved, and they can usually kind of turn the tide of battle in some ways. But to actually build heavy uh, attack energy, as it's called, you have to do or take damage. So it can be, like I said, it it's, can be something you can spring upon people, and it can end up uh, screwing a lot of shit up. It's fun. Oh, okay, I'll have to try that next time I play. Uh, I remembered what I was going to ask about a moment ago. Uh, this game has a thing called manual docking. Can you explain how that works? So normally when you're manually dock, when you're docking at a station, the autopilot takes over. It tries to steer you. It tries to avoid any incoming obstacles. But if you turn on manual docking, it only applies to some things because things like stations, they have an air traffic control system that doesn't want you ramming into like a, a space school bus or something. 
But on certain things, manual, what manual docking means is that you can manually dock with it. You literally, instead of the autopilot taking over, you have to fly yourself into it. And this is more of a, it's more of something reserved for advanced players who understand where they have to dock at. But it can be something like if you're being chased by pirates and you don't want the autopilot to slowly pull you up to the gate, slowly turn towards it, slowly fly in the ring, you can just skip all that and just go forward as a, a manual docker and it's much faster. But you can toggle it on and off. Uh, like I said, it's convenience and options what we like in this game. If you, if you don't want to use it, that's fine. If you do want to use it, go ahead. I'll have to try it. We're not I think I, you. We, we, don't, we don't judge. Right. I think I tried it would with the station. Would that be something you need? Uh, I was just going to ask, if, right. would that be something you need if, say, for example, you're docking at a derelict station that doesn't have air traffic control to navigate you in? Would that be something you'd need in that case because there isn't someone uh, autopiloting you in? Sometimes. There's not a lot of derelict stations around for various, various lore reasons. You find a few, but usually if they are derelict, they might kind of end up haunted. And, you know, just because just because there's ghosts doesn't mean they don't, you know, care about air traffic control safety. Come on, that's just Fair. common sense. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so it sounds like this game is going to have quite a bit of humor in it. There is quite a bit of humor. It's not necessarily all humor, but there is there is some goofy stuff here and there, and there is some funny stuff. Like I said, if you've seen the, I think you were talking about the space barnacles, so you've obviously seen them. And when you shoot them, they go Meh! just fly away and blow up. And then of course, there's some of the voice acting and such, and some of the races themselves are also quite comical. Yeah, the vo- so far all the voice acting I've heard is the stop shooting me. Uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, alrighty. That's another race. They're not. They'll be in the demo, but in the final version, those this particular region of space that will be a little less common. But if you go to another region of space where those people are actually a lot more, uh, that's their home world and stuff, you'll hear that voice a lot more, and it is quite funny. It is. I, I the funniest is like when you get attacked by three of those guys, and then you start shooting one. They're like, "Stop shooting me!" Motherfucker! Oh, here's a there's a there's a good one. Uh, they have different uh, like calm chatter lines for when they're lower at health. So if you get one to low health, try and like keep your fire off it a little bit, and it'll it'll make some. There's some pretty good lines there. The the low health damage lines they're they're good. Okay, I think my cats are attacking each other. I'll be right back. Take uh, Jim and Spaz. Can you take this for a second? So I was going to ask about um, reputation. Now, are there certain quests that you need to have a high enough reputation to be able to to get from a faction? Correct. So there's one faction. uh, You'll encounter them in the demo. They're called the Oos, which is spelled U-S, but it's pronounced Oos like foosball table. So they are a race of fungi that can only be sapient if they inhabit dead bodies. So this is a lot of people don't like them. They're kind of they're kind of wary of them, even though they're actually a perfectly peaceful race. So they experience a lot of kind of uh, racism in the galaxy. So they kind of run, they run these completely neutral stations called dead stations, which double as also necropolises for them. So you can actually they're pretty hard to befriend because they're always they're very wary of outsiders. But if you manage to befriend them, they start giving you more and more quests, and you start to learn more and more about what these creatures actually are. 
and their goals in the galaxy. Don't worry, they're, they're totally friendly. They have no desire to start a zombie apocalypse, and that's the truth. But you start learning more and more about them, and you get access to deeper parts of their home world, as well as certain uh, new equipment and certain new ships. They, they're very good at making freighters, as a, as a suggestion. That's interesting. Uh, I missed some of that. Um, sorry. <laughs> the cats were not attacking each other. Just an update. Just one of the cats was meowing a lot. It was kind of hard to hear through the, the headphones. Like, I'd asked about uh, reputation and getting new quests. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it kind of makes sense. The more they like you, the more opportunities they give you to do stuff. Exactly. For them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I just like just so much of this game just seems so like – Here's fun. Go find it. Oh, here's some more fun. Oh, here's a little more fun. Like, I mean, we, we literally have a dedicated find fun button. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Plus B is your scanning, uh, your scanner. And what that happens, there's a big pulse. And it, whenever you pl- press shift plus B, there's the pulse that goes out. And then you see other little sub pulses, like little uh, glowing rings. And those usually indicate uh, – something of interest. So gold ones are always something you want to investigate because that's something, not only is it going to be interesting, you can actually scan that and then sell the data later. But the thought something things something like a red pulse might indicate something very unusual or a purple pulse might indicate something quest related. What? So we literally have, instead of having to, you know, manually go around the system uh, one at a time, you can send out this pulse and it'll highlight nearby points of interest for you. And you can upgrade that to be even to scan even farther out, so you don't have to actually do like scanning uh, passes, as it were. Oh my God, that's um, is that how you scan a planet? Because I got a quest for that, and that is how you scan a planet. That's how you scan uh, data. You have to be close enough to it, and if you upgrade your uh, your scanner, you can be farther away before you scan it. Because I, I must have read the buttons wrong. Because I thought I thought I, was, I thought it said scan scan an object was N, so I kept hitting the N button. And nothing is happening. <laughs> no, that is actually kind of confusing. No, that's that's scanning a ship, and that'll open up oh. like it'll show like its inventory and what equipment it has. Oh, I'll like, some other guy's space equipment. Oh, for God's sakes! Okay, Ruben, good job. <laughs> that's why I crashed into a planet. I'm like, maybe I have to get this close to it. Boy, oh, I was wondering why you're flying towards that. I thought you like thought you could like fly inside it, which no. is kind of like it's a gas giant. No, 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 no. I got a quest to scan the planet. I was like, that's a cool quest. I'll try that. And then I kept hitting the wrong button. Uh, apparently, ah, yeah. That's so my question fault. about how the question about how the mining stuff works. Because in freelancer, you would go out in an asteroid field or junk field or whatever, and there was like the big rocks, and you couldn't do anything with them. And then there was like the little ones that would fly by, and you had to shoot those. So that it was like a little target shoot. More or less the same. The only difference there, however, is that first off. Uh, the little rocks can have different sort of things they spawn in different chances. And then you can also get heavy equipment that is like a, a mining pulse that blows out and collects a bunch of cargo for you and destroys any nearby of those, uh, those mineable space rocks. Oh, cool. That sounds like fun mining. So it's like dynamite fishing at that point. Basically. And sometimes it is literally dynamite fishing because there's sometimes fish. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Can you actually can you actually pick up space fish from those asteroids? No, sorry. There will be like alien bone fields of, of giant cosmic space whales that have been wiped out centuries ago and others. Their calcified bones remain. And you can mine those for things like uh, organic fluids and brain juice. And those are actually pretty uh, – those suffer a lot. Okay, that sounds awesome. 
<laughs> I, I it sounds like it sounds like the diversified group uh, idea would be great for the different tasks you need to do. Say you're mining, you have one ship that's dedicated to mining in your group, and you have the others as fighters to protect that freighter. Exactly. So uh, my goal is it, it's got some RPG mechanics. There are levels, and so there are a little bit. There's different races you can choose, and they have different specialties and different skills they can level up. So there's obviously I, I kind of envision that different players will uh, adopt different roles within their party. Like there's the one guy who might play more defensively, and so he might be the guy that can uh, he might get some healing weapons for the players. I don't know. That sounds like an oxymoron or something that makes no sense. Uh, a healing weapon. Or there might be some guy who's just like straight damage. There might be more of the tank that's trying to draw fire. You know, more traditional RPG-ish roles, but applied to space because it's in space. If you haven't noticed, worse for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly loving everything I'm hearing. Like everything I'm hearing is like make it easy to find the fun, have all these different things to do, make the universe varied. Like my God. <laughs> Yep, that was that was entirely the goal. I wanted people to have explore around and have weird shit happen to them in a very varied, handcrafted universe. Yeah, yeah, I hope somewhere there's a guard that says he used to be a storm chaser like you, but he took a photon torpedo in the knee. Sorry, sorry, I, I did a lot of I did a lot of Skyrim modding and I contracted for Bethesda. So, out of out of respect to myself and everyone alive, I can't put that in on good conscience. No, but I did, I did want to ask you about your Skyrim mod stuff. So that was kind of my segue. See what I did there? It was That's why I make the big bucks here on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Skyrim modding. Like, any mods that I know of? Have you ever seen the one where the dragons were replaced with Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes. yes. Oh, God, yes. Right. Yeah, that was that was me. Ah. Uh, oh, oh, my. So you've started that whole Thomas the Tank Engine bullshit that's in every game yep so how wow. how did this come about sir because now we're at one of those moments on the show right where everything just stops if right? i had it's a like, record if i had a record scratch if i had a record scratch sound effect that's i would have played it like a moment ago basically is what just Dude, I, yeah I, I, I cried the first time i saw that it was just it was so glorious did you cry from laughing or did you cry in abject terror uh, a little bit of both a little bit of both because yeah he's a little scary a like, little yeah yeah actually a, a few things from under space came from uh, uh i was playing around with the idea of like a elder scrolls space game because if you actually know elder scrolls lore a, bit, a little bit it's a lot more uh science fiction than they like to imply there's there are oh yeah there have been space programs and you know there's people on the moon and shit well i saw there was like a giant mod that you actually go in a dwemer spaceship also made by me holy shit wait wait what celebrity dude that mod like i i was watching what uh, is this mod i've I've never heard of this mod what is this mod it's not as extensive as he's he's implying i made it over two weeks while i was uh, recovering from a bunch of surgeries i had to go through uh, but there is there is space travel in the Elder Scrolls, so I made like a dwarven spaceship upon stuff. I made if I remember Wheels of Lul, by the way. That's the Wheel- one with the uh, big puzzle one. No, no, what is it called? Wheels of what? Wheels of Lul, L U L L. Oh no, and that's that's more sci-fi based. But uh, we're getting a little bit off topic. So the Thomas the Tank Engine mod. 
The story behind that really isn't that impressive. So a friend came up to me and said, hey, I ripped these Thomas the Tank Engine models from a crappy iPhone game. What can you do with them? And 30, 30 minutes later, we had the dragons. There is there is very little effort put into that. No, that's the beauty of it. It's oh, like yeah, a no effort mod that's hilarious. So, you know, it's like, I, I would I would rather see some like spark of genius that took somebody five minutes to knock out than something that was like a year that that was you know it's it's like okay yeah we laughed sorry that was a year of your life yeah that 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 whole thing it took so little work and it's like it it has entered the cultural zeitgeist and just embedded itself in there yeah I'm trying to remember what the last thing that I saw Thomas the Tank Engine and well there there was uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> Oh, it was so, Ant Man. Yeah. Ant Man. Oh, yeah. I don't think That's, that was related. I, I think we're talking about games. Uh, there was oh. the Resident Evil one, which was. You might be responsible for the. You might be responsible for the Ant Man thing, though, because it was meme status, right? So, hmm. I don't know. Maybe Disney owes you. A- yeah, you know. It I mean, be- Mattel actually tried to studio for this. So what? Oh yeah, they are. They are protective of Thomas the Tank Engine. It was weird that they, what they were actually mad at though. It wasn't the fact that he was picking up people or roasting them alive with dragon fire. It's the fact that he was blowing up or being destroyed. It's like oh, Thomas yeah. can it's kill like, someone, but if he himself is destroyed, that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's like car games where it's like you can do whatever, but don't don't like scratch our car. So, oh yeah, I remember what it was. It was uh, Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 got replaced exactly, with yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine. Well, there's like the, uh, in Sekiro or whatever, the one, uh, the one Japanese mythology-inspired game, there was like the giant snake and someone replaced that with Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, God. I think we have to just kind of assume that at some point, if there is something that's a like big enemy that has somewhat of an iconic status, it's going to end up replaced with Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And thank your friend who suggests. Well, so, someone in uh, the YouTube chat say Thomas Tank Engine DLC con- con- confirmed for Underspace. I'm like, you should just oh, mod. Let's see. Do we have? I'm trying to you think should... if there is like a thing where we have like a, an evil sapient train. Well, you there's have the. Go- you, there's there's a quest where you rob a space train like cowboy style. That's a uh, fun one. Oh there wow! There needs to be a quest called Choo Choo MFR. And uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's the ghost train. You can totally the make ghost it. Train, but that, that's a ghost. Make it we have, the ghost we have a lot of Thomas. stuff that's like sapient, uh, normal thing you'll find in the game, but sapient and evil. That actually comes up in a few quests. But I don't think there's a train. Hmm. We'll have to add that then. I can't go full Thomas. I, it has to be legally distinct. I don't want the lawyers on me again. Yeah. We, I don't know. Put a hat on him. That'll do it. I think it's like a Thomas train that has a hat now or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, make give it three eyes, you know, instead of two. <laughs> make it really and fucked lead, up and lead based paint. <laughs> Makes it dangerous. Oh my god! Well, that's that's so that that is so. Was that um, I might miss this? Was that your first thing that you modded or like? Oh God, no! Okay, I've, well, I've been at this for quite some time. What would you say yeah, is the yeah, first win? What what got you started? What was like the first game that got you modding? Honestly, uh, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to play a lot of games. It was like only, you could only play X game on the weekend kind of thing because my parents were evil. 
So some of the games I were limited to were more educational stuff, or uh, it was Microsoft's Train Simulator. And I had a lot of editing tools to it. And I don't like train simulators. I know my name is TrainWiz, and apparently I have a reputation as a train guy, but I do not like train simulators. (laughs) So I would take this, but this thing had like a route and train creator. So I would do things like put them in like battle arenas and stuff. I think that was my first (laughs) uh, thing. But after that, I started... uh, when I got into like more real serious modding, it was Morrowind. So I've always been, a, I've been a big Elder Scrolls guy. I think that's just my favorite, but Elder Scrolls is kind of been the, the things I've been known for. So I did a lot of mods for Elder Scrolls. Started with Morrowind. When Skyrim came out, I moved on to that. And then obviously I did some stuff for Fallout 4. And of, of course, Fallout 76 has the giant main enemy, which are giant flying bats. So of course I replaced those with Thomas the Tank Engine. As yeah, so do. what so what <laughs> kind of Fallout stuff have you done? Because I've I was pretty deep into Fallout mod collecting. Let's I've never made one, see. but I, I I managed to cram like 160 mods in. Uh, I did game. the Haunted Amusement Park one, Maxwell's World. That was a big quest mod. I did the one that replaces all the unique weapons in vanilla with actually unique versions. Uh, obviously, the Thomas the Tank Engine one was mean. That just has to be stated. Uh, I didn't do too. I did a lot for Fallout, but not too much. Uh, I did one that you remember the courses in Fallout Four, of course. Yeah, we did. A, there was one that does a complete redo of the courses to make them much stronger in terms of bosses. And I don't mean like buffing their health. I mean like they teleport around, they'll turn invisible, and they also gives them a unique weapon, which is the concept art had like a sort of like a weird venom rifle that they use, and that actually adds it back to them. I'm trying oh, to think what cool. else I made. So I, I did a I few was, stuff. I was hoping you were the guy that made the the mod that replaced people's heads with a with a cat in a box with two joysticks. That is Mr. Fancy Pants. Unfortunately, I I am not the maker of that. My modeling skills are a little subpar for something as complicated and well rigged as that. Yeah, that thing was hilarious. I see, some people are asking some questions in the YouTube chat. Yeah, um, do, can you hire escorts? Uh, for example, was a question. No, but well, you do I think get... that's, that's sort of an adult topic. Uh, uh, yeah, and plus, 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 a lot of these races and games don't necessarily have sexuality to begin with. Some are like you know floating crystals that do nothing but scream and, and drink alcohol. It's like how do you how do you uh, hire one of those as an escort? Uh, so you can't hire NPC escorts necessarily. Your ship has something called a dedicated uh, AI slot, so that can be one of two things. It is a either like an automatic turret, or it can be like a deployment gay for a uh, a robot escort. You launch that guy out, he follows you around and defends you, and he oh, also wow. makes weird weird comments about how he's completely dedicated to you and how he loves you forever. <laughs> Which is they're called friend bots, and they're quite fun. <laughs> yes, yes. But as far as hiring like NPC escorts normally, you can enter formation with some, but you can't hire uh, NPCs like that. Let's see. The other one is: Can you cut engines and drift, fly backwards like in Freelancer? Yes, you can. You can fly like that. You can do all those crazy, uh, those crazy moves that people do in Freelancer PvP. Yeah. So there is there is the uh, the Z engine killing. I wanted to ask you about uh, going back to Skyrim, for example, for a moment. I wanted to ask you if you'd heard of a mod called the Dova Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, that was probably my favorite. If you haven't heard of this one, folks, it's a small rabbit that has basically an unlimited bag of holding. 
because finding finding places to sell stuff in Skyrim is impossible for some reason. And so this guy has a bag of holding, but you can also put armor on him. Um, so, like, you can put a little horned helmet and, like, like other pieces of armor on this little rabbit that has a backpack on him that can hold all your stuff. But he also knows to run away when there's a fight so he never gets hurt. It's, like, the best. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite mods. <laughs> I use that... Like one of the reasons I never played the uh, the new, the the updated version of Skyrim is because that mod was not ported over. <laughs> oh, someone asked if well, wife. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. I was I was about to say that uh, you can pour over mods pretty easily. Just don't publicly oh. release it. It's it's oh. it's a pretty much a one click thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, someone asked why four eighty five is a well known freelance modder. <laughs> Isn't that the gentleman you were talking about earlier? Yeah, so uh, Andrew, he's actually he actually helped do some of the flight mechanics in this game. He's not a full time employee. We uh, we offer. It's like, hey, you wanna you wanna we wanna actually like we'll, we'll pay you and you know help work on this. But he actually contributed a lot of the uh, initial code for the flight mechanics. So you can thank you can thank this game feeling a lot like uh, that other game to him. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked a lot with him. He's a nice guy. Is why four four eighty five is his name Andrew? Is that who you? No, I was answering the guy in the. Uh, oh, so chat. that's that's okay. I'm. A, I thought like they're both Andrew. Like why forty eighty five is Andrew and this guy is Andrew. <laughs> but I got in the future. Confused. Everyone is Andrew. We'll call them the Andes, because like in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> that's a mountainous joke. Wow. Oh, just a mountain of Andes. <laughs> or or a thin mint. Oh, I do love those. I, I, That's like I, really I, the, the best reason to eat out, right? And if and if you tip a little extra, then they bring you like some more mints. So how far? No, just there. Continue. No, I was gonna say how far along is the game because the demo felt pretty full featured. To be perfectly honest. Uh, so the demo, in terms of what's done, we have most of the ships are flyable. Pretty much all the equipment you can get and use. All the systems are there. All the stations are placed down. They're not necessarily finished in terms of detail or interiors. And all the factions are there. We're still missing. So the fair amount is done, but a lot more has to uh, be done, especially quests and the more in-depth, unique content. Now let's let's so what, talk. About, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were done. I'm what you're what you're seeing it, it feels full featured because uh, this is sort of the starting area that you're in. This is there's different regions of space, and this is this is the Valdwin region. So this is a lot more developed than a lot of the other areas of space. If we had actually allowed you to go outside of the uh, demo area, which some clever players might figure out how, uh, I don't know how they figure it out, but they probably can figure it out. Uh, you'll you'll notice that a lot of the other places are a little bit more sparse in terms of content. Right, but you're working on that. So, um, and that's what this Kickstarter that you're about to launch is supposed to help with, right? Yeah. So we want to we want to get a lot more models ordered. We want to redo some of the existing ones, and we want to start adding. We want to basically get this game as fully featured as it can possibly be, and you know, just bring it out to its full potential. Uh, so yeah, let's, honest, let's, honestly, oh, I would, I would. Uh, leverage 
the the memeness of the Thomas thing and some of the other mods that you've done. People keep saying that, but I'm I'm wary of doing that because if I if if Mattel suddenly saw oh you're now yeah, using Thomas the Tank you. Engine to make money yeah, yeah. they'd be like yeah uh, no. I don't want I don't want that 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 black fan outside my uh, house to yeah, finally true. open its doors I mean, and you, have all the Mattel I mean, influencers like, pour out of it. You you could have that in like the about us section. Like this is a thing I worked on. You know, like maybe maybe there, but maybe that's it. You know. Yeah. Like, well, the the other mods though, like the Dwomer mod, uh, you know the that stuff. Um, I yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, yeah, the Mattel people. Uh, they're already on to you, right? You have an existing relationship. I mean, while with- while I'm talking, there's like a little red dot. That has like it's kind of like Thomas the Tank Engine shape, and it's been hovering over me for the past few minutes. Mattel always finds. I'm out. sure it's something that when you know when you got a Steam page up, uh, people will certainly mention that in the discussions. But as long as it's not coming from you specifically, you're probably okay. Probably. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, what kind of tiers are we looking at in the um, in the uh, Kickstarter? Uh, in terms of money or rewards? Uh, both. Like, like, what are some of the rewards? I want to get people excited for this Kickstarter. You know? Okay. Uh, so the reward, our minimum tier is $5. And you know how everyone's like, get your credit, get your name in the credit sort of thing? Here we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, you'll be in the credits, blah, blah, blah. But you'll actually get your name in the game itself. So the game randomly generates ships. And when it randomly generates ships... Obviously, they have randomly generated names. So if you contribute to the Kickstarter, the base bonus thing you get is that you will have uh, – you will get your name basically as a name generator thing added to the name generator. Uh, but, of course, we're going to alienize it. So you'll actually get to pick what like what race you want to be. And then, of course, uh, higher tiers will be things like obviously you get a copy of the game, some wallpapers, soundtrack – Higher tiers, more copies of the game. And then the top tier is you'll actually be able to design. We've talked about the Star Chaser chapters, the different sub-factions that have their own specialties. You'll get to work with us to design your own custom Star Chaser chapter. They have their own Ooh. insignia, their own character, obviously their own specialties. So you'll, you'll basically be to make some content there. And then you'll also maybe uh, you can work with us to design like a custom boss and stuff. Because we're big, we're big on boss fights. I like, I like hidden boss fights. So there's a lot of... Uh, uh, there's a lot of hidden bosses in this. If you fly off the beaten path, you'll find something that's weird, big, and wants to kill you. You know, you could almost put like a Pokemon Snap kind of uh, like photography. There sort of here. is. We talked about the scanning system, and if you can scan bosses, so bosses will, will actually pay you to scan bosses. You can sell that data. And oh. you'll actually get like, there's. you can actually, if you sell the data, It'll actually end up in a big archived database, and you can read up on the uh, thing you've scanned, and it'll give you some extra information about it. Some more, uh, some more lore flavor text. I'm a big guy. Uh, I'm a big uh, fan of flavor text. Oh, no! I was thinking you could like eject a camera drone, and then you have to get between the drone and the monster to take a selfie with it. <laughs> no, dude. We do have a cam- We do have a camera mode. There is a uh, a camera mode that pauses the game and lets you angle the uh, camera around your ship to get that perfect shot. I was going to say, just put on a selfie stick. Like this is a thing that extends out of the hull. Oh know, my God. Yeah. More, more, yeah. more, <laughs> more games need photo mode. 
No, but it, but actually, that would be cool equipment. Like you could buy a selfie, a selfie stick, stick for your ship, and that gives you that gives you camera mode. You have to hit a button, like <sighs> oh man. This... So when did you or, guys or start... it's a camera that's deployed via a tractor. So then you tractor it out there. It takes the picture, and then you tractor it back in. There's something like that, tractor. sort of something like that already, but it's a it's a translation probe. It's actually it comes out of your ship and it starts looking around for alien languages to translate. What? <laughs> that's that's really great. Oh, we have a here's a question: uh, Is there any chance the camera will get loosened up a bit behind the ship? I've had a few people ask that, so the answer is yeah. Uh, the current camera system, it's not entirely like freelancers. And it's a bit tight. It's a some, bit. Some some people might like that. So we're actually going to change uh, as the game goes on. There's going to be like you can actually set like the camera mode to be like a more loose camera or a tight camera in the options menu. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because some people might like this tighter camera that the game has now, and some people might like the slightly looser camera. Uh, I wanted to ask about something. Uh, when you target a ship. There doesn't seem to be any way to know where it is once it's gone off screen. Is that something that's going to be added, like a like an arrow maybe that points to where uh, it is? There should be. It might have it might have been a weird resolution bug, but there are the off screen indicators that normally occur. There's oh. there is a bug that norm- sometimes occurs where it takes a minute or two to appear. Uh, we've been looking into it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you it'll, see it'll be fixed. I don't know. Trust if you can me, see that, my- that has to, that's. That's happened okay. uh, once or twice. I'm actually watching it right now, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, I don't know if you can see in my video, but it, I never saw that. Like, I never saw any kind of arrow or anything. So, yeah, um, there's 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 so, that okay. full featured arrow that's actually looks normally pretty pretty, but it doesn't seem to be showing up. That's annoying. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weird. I can, um, I guess I can send you my uh, DX Diag if that'll help. Once we're done here, mm, send me your resolution that you were playing at. That's probably the main reason behind Tw- it. Uh, twenty-five sixty by fourteen forty, basically. Ah, okay, really big. Mm. Maybe, maybe it didn't detect that it was technically off screen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know, but it was like, I, I was like, wait, shouldn't there be an arrow or something? I don't know where they are. <laughs> and there's like not a radar, but I shouldn't need a radar. I should just ask. Uh, uh, I should just see an arrow. Um, Oh, I believe someone asks if a joystick and hottest can be used, and you said yes, I think, to that. Right? Yes, but it's not fun. It really it really isn't. This is yeah. this game is mostly based around mouse flight. The flight uh mechanics are much more focused around precise shooting and movement, which joysticks don't necessarily lend themselves to that too much. So you can uh you can enable in the demo, I disabled it for now, but there will be controller and joystick support, but don't just if you play it and it's not fun, you were warned. Oh, sorry, I wasn't pushing my pedal. So I'm so out of it. Uh, yeah, because this is kind of a first-person shooter in space, uh, kind of like Freelancer was, really. Um, Pretty much. Uh, there is. I know people ask this a lot because you're playing in third person. There is a first person mode. Uh, there is oh. a cockpit for you, that is. Uh, okay, I did not know that. I, you know, I, I didn't even try to find that 
because I'm just used to the in this game. Oh, yeah, so used to third person. I think mode. default is shift plus V. I like I like playing in third person mode anyway. But there is yeah. there is a cockpit view. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't Freelancer too, but it was like useless. Like I never used it. Like it was there. It was kind of nice. I, I, I sometimes guess, but... use it when I wanted to like feel different or feel special. <laughs> what are your thoughts on post-launch support? Because if uh, people get into playing this thing, and then you know, it's like they're. I, I assume the end game content is is basically like running raids and stuff against big bosses. So definitely, are, so. are you looking at are you looking at like an expansion after that, or just kind of like a steady trickle of new things? Or uh, after the fact, if the game does well, I do have planned content. We we, we talked about how. You know, there's, there's features that people think are going to be really cool and be awesome if they were in and like not on release. And those would kind of be the features going in. So I've actually got, I've got some plans there and it would be things like building stations. Uh, I want to do like a more, uh, I want to do like EVA stuff where you can actually get out of your ship and like go up to larger derelicts and sort of like scrape the paint chips off and sell it to some, some weird druggie for caps or something. Uh, and then obviously that'll feature new content, like new systems when, when you play the game, there's going to be races that talk about how they have uh, you know, other star systems, but you're not allowed to go to them. And that would open things up more so you could explore those races and fly their ships and do missions for their factions. And then there'd be other stuff like, obviously, new bosses. So I've, I have some plans for post-launch content, for sure. That's good, because that's something Freelancer never got, <laughs> really. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, uh, a zombie survival mode, obviously. <laughs> Really? <laughs> actually, actually, yes. If it does well, there's there is a, a game mode I want to. It's actually kind of a zombie survival mode. You'll you'll encounter some uh, some certain bosses who have uh, something more going on with them, and that's sort of a uh, a preview of possible post-launch content. Well, that sounds the, awesome. the game. The game kind of lends itself. There is sort of an eldritch uh, surviving against you know this horrible horrible monstrous storms component. We kind of envision it as the opposite of Mass Effect, where there's, you know, the Eldritch Abominations coming in to attack the galaxy, and instead of everyone ignoring them, they get all mad and just blow the hell out of them. Well, that sounds great, and people are already excited about space zombies. So, uh... Well, there's space ghosts. Are there actual... Right now, are there space zombies? I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, duh. We talked about there's the the fungal race that inhabits the corpses. Yeah, that apparently are really They're, nice. They don't. They you don't want to call them zombies. They're nice guys. Oh, is that like a, an offensive term to them? Like if you call them a zombie, will they? <laughs> yeah, they, they they get they get a little bit upset, but they're oh. they're too nice to hold it against you. They just they just internalize it and quietly fume, and then get the revenge several thousand years down the line when they inhabit your corpse. So um, I kind of hate to do this, but I'm feeling under the weather today, and I'm kind of fading. Uh, so is it okay if we wrap if we wrap it up? Is that all right? Uh, I think that's good. Uh, if anyone has any additional questions, like the Steam chat or uh, not the Steam chat, the YouTube chat, uh, feel free to ask them. Kind of like finish off on some questions. I think. Yeah, you you, you definitely covered a lot, and I mean, I was excited about this game anyway because of the freelanceriness of it. But but the fact that it's going to have all these different things like life forms and space storms and and all this, this great stuff. It's just, it sounds like such a, it sounds like it's going to be a delight to play. I mean, it already is, but 
I mean, yeah, you 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 ain't seen nothing yet. The, the uh, demo is just the demo is just a taste. There, uh, stuff gets way more in depth uh, and crazy. I am so excited. Uh, so, folks, the game is called Under Space. Uh, hopefully, the Kickstarter will launch this week, uh, and there'll be a demo to go along with it that you can all try. That's what you're. What you're watching on the background of the stream is uh, us is me playing the demo. <laughs> oh yeah, I do have I have one question on that. Okay. So the Kickstarter price, like the the tier that gets you the digital copy of the game, what's your price point? Twenty dollars. Oh, that's. I think it's fair because you got totally multiplayer, great. single player, and it, it's big to begin with. Well, you and it's nice for more. twenty bucks. You know, it's like, hey, I'm having fun and. You know, you talk to your friend about it, and it's an easy buy at that point. You know, it's like things that are more than that, or it's harder to talk your friends into. So, for th- for things right. that I know, I'm going to be multiplayer focused in it. Um, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, definitely. I'll- yeah, right. it's uh, someone asked, "Are you going to resist?" The evil lure of Epic. It will be on Steam. <laughs> possibly good old games if I can get my contact there to respond. Okay. Well, we've been bugging them to get Freelancer forever long, so it'd be nice to get your game instead. <laughs> I have a theory about Freelancer that it was written off as a loss, like in oh. terms of financially, which would mean even though they still own the rights and all that, they can't actually do anything with it financially without getting into trouble. Oh, that would be. Because, I mean, they got um, Conquest Frontier Wars, which is a flop, sadly. Um, but they got yeah. that one. Yes, but it's, it's specifically, like, literally written off as a tax loss. Oh. Oh, that'd be terrible. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Is that, so at the There's point you other, do that, uh, is the IP just dead? Like, you can never touch it because you claim the loss? Know. We, we don't know. Well, I'm, I'm just saying in general, like, how, how the law works for that. Oh, you? I'm yeah, not completely sure. I have a I have a tax accountant. I'd have to talk to her and I see how that surpri- works. But I wouldn't be surprised though. I wouldn't be surprised if like. Well, that might it, explain a lot of dead IPs. Is yeah, what I was thinking that's fair. As, as far like, as I can understand it, they if something is written off as a loss, they can't do anything with it. Like the the example uh, I know best is you know remember that uh, Cartoon Network giant robot show Megas XLR? Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Yep, that was written off as a loss. And they cannot do anything with that without paying like a huge fine or something. Oh, oh wow, that's frustrating as crap. I know, right? Oh, that was good. Like maybe that's why a lot of these show- these shows we love as a kid like haven't been on come on DVD yet or whatever. That is that is that is my theory. Oh, that's a that's a solid theory. Just um, want to ask: Is the demo available now? Demo will be available when the Kickstarter launches this week. Yeah, yeah it's, it's to coincide with that. No, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, so folks, the game is called Underspace. The Kickstarter should be launching this week, uh, along with the demo that you can see me playing on the back of the stream here. Uh, the demo already alone is fantastic. Like, if you've been missing Freelancer, this game will scratch that itch so well. It's, in, it's, it's insane. Um, so just a couple of notes before we wrap up. Uh, this Thursday for the land party, we're we're moving on from Divinity because Spaz and I talked about it, and we're like, we're just getting frustrated. Like, if we have to use a we walkthrough, love the game. It's, yeah, it's a great game, but the but pacing we're pretty much going just, to be playing a walkthrough to get through which, it, which isn't and, really fun. Yeah. yeah, is it getting a little puzzly on you? Or? Oh god, no, like, it's, on, 
it's not just that. It's it's more like if we want to progress, it would be great if we were playing it every week, you know, several several days a week kind of thing. Right. But once a month, at this rate, we'll it's never too, get through it all. Yeah, it's so big. Yeah, that, there's, there's, there's so Sin much. Two, right? What was that? You're playing original Sin Two? Did yeah, no, the first one. The, the first, first one. one. Oh, okay. we're still stuck in that first town, and apparently, we're like, we don't know what to do. And then we looked at a walkthrough. It's like we have to search this woman's backpack to get a key to a secret room. How the hell are we supposed to know that? <laughs> Damn it, game. <laughs> Well, my experience was with the uh, original Sin Two, and that was that was really good. So, if that one's it's not a, doing it for you, I heard no, that no, the original Sin Two game. improved up on it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great game. game. It's just not conducive for how we stream. Yeah, yeah it's not it's, good stream material. It's not really great stream ah, stuff. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to be switching to Dying Light. Uh, faster pace, slightly better co-op, lot to do, very actiony. Uh, I think the last stream we played, or I think we lost track of time because we just had so much fun with it. So we're yeah. gonna we're we're gonna just start a new long play this Thursday of Dying Light, the original one, because the new one, the second one that they just like shelled out at E three looks astounding. So uh, that'd be a good way to get through it before the second one comes out next year as well. Uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be our long, that's gonna be our Thursday stream. And the next week on the podcast, we're hoping to have a guest, but I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, he might, they might be too busy, but they might be able to make it. So I can't say one way or another yet. So we'll do something. Um, I'm just not sure what yet. Um, so Kevin, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and talk to us about the game. We are like so sold on this thing. Like when you said pets, I think was like, I think that was like the big like. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, we're everyone like, wants a pet mine. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, uh, we were already sold. I think before that, but like when you said we can have a pet, we're like, okay, done. Podcast yeah. over. We don't need to say anything else. You have a pet in a space game. We're we're good. So just that alone, you guys. But chasing storms sounds amazing, and and everything. So this game sounds fantastic. So again, the Kickstarter is launching this week. It's called Underspace. Keep an eye out on uh, social media and whatnot. We will be definitely uh, yelling it out from the mountaintops as soon as it launches, hopefully this week. Um, And I just want to apologize for the last podcast, MP3, not being put up yet. Uh, Two days after uh, the last show, my cat died. And so that just... I was just done for like two, three weeks. So... Oh, my condolences. Yeah, thank you. So that just that just gutted me for a while. So that should that uh, show will be going up on the feed soon. I apologize for not getting that out. Um, but yeah, thank you, uh, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about the game. It sounds just disgustingly exciting. And well, it was uh, my pleasure. And ours too. And everyone, thank you for watching and listening and uh, asking questions in the chat. We love when people get engaged and ask questions in the chat. So thank you for that. And we will see you uh, next week. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.